Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn podcast, hosted by Matt Hallisey and Al Horn. This is the only entrepreneurial podcast that helps you take the most important step to finally achieving financial and personal freedom. What is that step? Well, it's the very next step you need to take. It doesn't matter whether you've started a business but aren't profitable, or you've only just now thought about starting a business for the first time. You can design your new life in just a short period of time. We both started multiple profitable businesses, and we're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of. The crazy thing is you don't need to be especially talented, experienced, smart, or even lucky to make this happen. You just have to take the first step that's in front of you. So grab a drink and join us while we discuss our own journeys from working for other people as employees to living our dream lifestyle as business owners. We share our successes, our failures, and the simple formula we've discovered to go from starting from nothing to having our own profitable business in just a short period of time. We're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of, but we're always scared to go after. Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn Podcast. Hey now, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. (laughs) You know, if that guy wasn't a smoker, um, I, I would can't imagine what his voice would be like if he were a smoker. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you gotta love Wolfman Jack. I don't even know if he's still around. Is he? I think he went to the Great Wolf Pack in the Sky. What are you staring at? Bitcoin? Um, no, he died a long time ago. Wolfman oh, died like twenty some odd years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a good run. He had a good run, as they say in radio. <laughs> he had a face for radio. He had a he had a voice for I don't know what. Just imagine if he had been a uh, auctioneer instead of a radio host. Um, I don't think anybody would understand him. What about the What about the Yeah, I want to know what about it. There's a guy actually on the radio who has a voice somewhat like him. And the first time I heard him was it was it was before I moved to San Diego. It was the first time I heard him, I'm like, is this guy sick? Like he literally always talks like this. Everybody he talks about it literally like this. Yeah. I'm like, I can't imagine you have a lot of friends. That was my it favorite. only goes to prove that with enough determination, no matter what you sound like or for that matter look like, there's a place for you in terrestrial radio. Um Times have maybe changed a little, though, you know. Yeah, if you've ever met people that worked on radio, you understand these are not exactly people aspiring to be on the news. They don't, they well, don't spend money on wardrobe, if you know Oh, I mean. of course not. Well, that's the reason. I mean, look, that's the reason you choose to be in radio is, you know, you're either a complete egomaniac like Howard Stern or you find your way you know most of these people they got started in radio were interns and they uh you know their job was to get coffee more coffee more coffee more car coffee for the the guys that do the morning drive you know hey the morning drive yeah there's traffic but um and then there's the other there's the other 
people that got into radio because they have that soothing voice, you know. Well, it, it's a crazy game, but it, it's, it's, it's so radically different now than it used to be. I, I got started in, um, I actually was in terrestrial radio for a period of time. I started at uh, KCR in San Diego State, uh, reading the news and uh, that type of thing. And I, I just, it was such a click. It was so cool to be hanging out with those people. And, and, and especially the ones that got to spin the records and jibber jab, you know, there might've been five people listening, but they just loved it. It was so cool. It was so clicky that if you could just hang out at the radio station at KCR, which eventually went distributed through cable and wasn't just, you could listen to it within a mile of San Diego State. Eventually it was on, on cable. And then it was like, oh my God, yeah. It was, uh, oh, this is really real now. But uh, if you could just hang out there, it was so cool, you know? And it was cool. It's cool to be in radio, but everything has changed. Everything has changed. And I don't know if it's for the better, uh, to be honest with you. Um, in some ways, it's good. In some ways, it's bad. And I think that's kind of like what we're dealing with today uh, at Yahoo Finance. Yahoo Finance is telling us some things are good, great, maybe irrationally exuberant, and some things are terrible, bad, world-destroying universe imploding take your pick good for some bad for others that's what my ex-girlfriend used to say i'd say something and she'd go good for some bad for others that's now, what she, i told she, her when we broke up i was gonna say like that sounds like something you'd say immediately post breakup <laughs> well I, listen as borat she, said good for I, her i Not you know <laughs> Uh, I don't want to, you know, go down that path and talk about my relationships, my ex-relationships, because we could talk about that for quite some time. But I remember one thing she said to me, we used to, when she lived with me for free, by the way, well, wow. there was some, there was some barter that going was not on. Just a, that was not just a passing um, shot. Oh, by the way, do you know the term for that? There's actually a term for that. For when women live with you for free? For torture? As, is it called torture? <laughs> yeah, if you use sex as a trade-off and yeah. you're living with somebody for free, there's a term for that. What's it called? Are you ready? It's a yes. great term. It's called a sex gypsy. Oh, I don't know about that. No, it is. Is it? Google it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said... The reason I, the reason I know <laughs> that is because my this girl that I used to sort of date like lived with me, but she never really asked. She just kind of showed up. <laughs> and it was this slow, um, how do you want to say it? It was this slow assimilation. And then I was talking to the girl that did my hair who actually <laughs> knew her. And she said, yeah, she's a sex gypsy. Yeah, well, that's kind of like couch surfing only with sex involved. And, and I, I'm not sure I totally agree with you, but I, I'll accept that. I mean, I don't, I never considered it to be a sex gypsy. I never did. But um I know I'm going to make 
what I'm saying here relevant to our podcast today somehow, so some just way. Just for the for the um for the listeners and viewers of this podcast here, I'm gonna do a screen share so you can actually see the term in action. Sure, this is buddy. a sex gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Urban nomad. <laughs> With few possessions, who manages to survive and find shelter through the exchange of sexual favors. Favors. Oh, you're homeless? I, I... No, I've been living with at a girl's place downtown. Oh, you're a sex gypsy. I love yeah, that. That is a term. Well, I love the term. You know, I love the language. I love language. I love communication. But I love the term sexual favors. Now, it's just weird, isn't it? Sexual doesn't it, favors. Favors. Doesn't it seem a little? Doesn't it seem a little condescending? Like you're doing somebody a favor. <laughs> like they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't get anything any other yeah. way and just yeah. doing them a favor. It's like you're driving them to the airport, like an airport run. Yeah. Can I stay at your place for an airport run. Like that would never happen. Yeah. For a BJ, um, you get an airport run, you know, it's called the gig economy for, nowadays. It's called the gig is that, economy. <laughs> is that the slang term for a BJ? It's an airport run. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you work it right, you give them a ride to the airport and you get the BJ at the same time. Think about it. You know Make what sure I'm saying? You don't crash into the side of the road. I, I'm in a strange mood this morning, my friend. But let me just yeah, I, let me just say this. I'll meet you halfway. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Let me just not that I'm most of the time I wake up in a strange mood, but here's here's what I just want to say about that. Uh, uh then we're gonna forget about talking about our relationships and start talking about what the F is happening in the market today on Yahoo Finance. We're going to rip the pages right from Yahoo Finance. But let me just tell you this. My ex-girlfriend, who I, we, we were together for over seven years, and that's the longest relationship I've ever had in my life, not counting women that became friends that were girlfriends, but then became friends because <clears throat> I don't count that. That doesn't count. No, you should. That doesn't count. But anyway, we get up every morning and we drink coffee. We'd sit at the dining room table. We drink coffee and we talk for like four hours. Okay. And she had a master's in psychology. And you know me, I've always been in the psychology I just love communicating, love talking. But it, can you imagine what you would talk to your ex, your girlfriend, or even your wife, for that matter, for four hours every morning? But I had an insight one day when she said, I said, what do you, I used to call it coffee talk, you know, but she, you know what she called it? Al's pontification hour. She called our conversation my, I called it a conversation. She called it me pontificating. So I thought that was interesting, but uh, <laughs> I don't mean to pontificate, but I have my opinions and you have your opinions. And most of the time we're on the same page. Let's see what we, what our opinions are today on what the F is going on. In this world, in this market, typically, as uh, explained to us, or at least as notified by Yahoo Finance, it's. I woke up this morning. I looked at this. I go like, hmm. 
some of it I predicted and some of it is complete the complete surprise and some of it is just like juggling cats on acid man so what do you think Matt what's going on I'm I'm hogging the mic well I think first of all if you're going to pontificate since that means um being like the pope then you really need to get one of those pope hats because that is the dictionary definition of I got my hat with my name on it, but why doesn't the Pope have his, when he wears his hat, why doesn't it have his name on it, man? You know, that would be so cool. But you don't know that it doesn't. It could be on the inside. Nah, the inside don't count, bro. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it was really interesting. So yesterday, I don't know, have you seen the movie The Big Short? I, I presume you have. Yes, right? of course I have. Of course I so, have. I've seen a few others that are similar to it also. So anyway, you know the main, the guy, the main character in the movie is this guy named Michael Burry. You know, they played him as socially awkward, maybe he isn't, but he has like a PhD in mathematics from Berkeley. And he, made, he was in the news yesterday. Was he? Which is never a good thing. You mean the actor or the real guy? No, the real guy. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's make sure we know which is which. Right. So he went, he basically was talking about, he said, in fact, let me, let me read the exact, he went on this like Twitter rant, right? So mm. let me get this. Mm. All right. Making sure I got the spot here. All right, so he said, people say I didn't warn last time. I did, but no one listened. So I warned this time. I noticed how he says, didn't warn anybody, but he just says warn. So you know the guy's kind of smart, but a little bit autistic. So I warned this time, and still no one listens, but I will have proof I warned, meaning Twitter. So what he did was he was um, just going through, I'm trying to find it here. He basically goes and compares in detail how the yeah. modern market right now has parallels of pre, uh, uh, was it the pre Weimar Germany? Oh, Those really? Are, yeah. You're gonna bring Germany is, into this? Germany. <laughs> so, Deutschland. Goes, and I'm trying to get this because I saw the Carter on TV, so they were kind of going through his tweets one by uh. one, and it was like completely, like. He was nailing point after point, but he says history is not clueless. Um, the tech, he goes, we're exploring 70s American inflation. Uh, he also brings in, let me get this. Let me get the thing where he talks about the German mark. Um, he goes, Germany started by not paying adequately for its war to, um, he says, in brackets on COVID the GFC fallout out of the sacrifice of its people taxes recovered its debts of war loans treasuries and issues of new paper Reichsmarks dollars doomed to hashtag doomed to repeat history is not useless uh, where is he so he basically goes in and talks about the fact that <clears throat> the stock market started to take off that there was people there were basically there was an a massive increase a sudden massive increase massive increase in income inequality and i don't want to use that term as a generic term but like the rich got really richer and the mm. and the working class people with jobs started losing money and then what happened is people and what happened is the government started handing money out and the middle class 
started going on a massive stock speculative spree. But anyway, I'm not going to go through point by point, but it was literally every single thing he mentioned. He said, quote, before the German hyperinflation of the 20s, everyone from the elevator up was playing the market. Uh, let's see. And volumes became such that the financial industry could not keep up with the paperwork and the bourse, meaning the, 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 the government, basically, uh, it's like the IRS in a sense, um, was obliged to close. Sound familiar? Robin Hood, or bourse, is the stock market. Take that back. Um, was obliged to close. Does that sound familiar? Hashtag Robin Hood down. Right. Anyway, he goes through this whole thing, and I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, Michael Burry went, like, came out of his cave for the first time in 10 years. And what happened to the market today? Well, the market went totally down. So I haven't looked at, I haven't looked to see if he's been on Yahoo Finance, but those two things, I, I know they're correlated, but I think there has to be some part of causation as well, because that's a weird coincidence. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's a term called irrational exuberance that was once, that was uh, yeah, when it was once uh, just, you know, the head of the Fed, head of the Fed, the Fed head said, uh, what we have here with the market is, is irrational exuberance. Now, you know who said that, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I can't remember his name right now. I don't think Alan? it was Volk. No, Greenspan. Greenspan. And what a name to have to be the head of the Fed. Greenspan. And by the way, he said that in 1983, right when the 80s were starting to take off. So I don't think right. he was proven correctly on that. <clears throat> right. And I love that when the market goes down, they call it a correction. We had a correction today in the market. You know, I, I wish I told my dad when I had a bad report card that it was just a correction. That's what I told uh, my ex-girlfriend when goes, I broke up with her. I said, We're, don't think of it as a breakup. Think of it as a correction. Yeah. If I told my dad that this bad <clears throat> report card was a correction, he's, he would have taken off his belt and said, well, this is also a correction. Well, your dad and my dad went to the same school of discipline for children. He, my, dad oh, was a, my dad was a badass, dude. He was, he was high school, barely high school graduate, went into the military was career military and uh, you have to which military the british military the french military no no or american. The american military? he was american he was from tampa florida he was american 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 true blue but anyway he used to call it dancing with the belt i used to call it ass whipping but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> and you boy you're going to dance with the belt imagine that in a southern accent but anyway Here's my that point. Just, that Here's, just makes it hurt just listening to that. <laughs> I used to put like a pillow in my, I used to pad my ass, you know, and oh, yeah. he'd hold me up like a, like a, like a hog, you know, and just like, it, it, it never lasted that long. He, he didn't have the heart for it. He wasn't a sadist, you know, he just felt like he needed to get my attention. And I think that's what the market is doing today. Segway. It's getting our attention, okay? We call it a spanking. We call it a spanking, but it's really just getting our attention, right? Now, there's a few things that I noticed on, on the market that I just have to make a comment. But first, I wanna say this. <clears throat> the gentleman you spoke of that was uh, yelling fire in the crowded theater, 
Did I speak of him? I don't remember speaking of him. Yeah, the metaphor for for the this is what's happening with the market, i.e., the mark, i.e., the U.S. economy. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, right. Correct. Michael Burry, B U R R Y. You know, th- there's always been this question about is it is it legal or is it is it legal to yell fire in a crowded theater, right? Well, it is legal to yell fire in a crowded theater. And it is, it is if there's a fire. <laughs> if there's a fire, right. But if you take out your bick and you flick it for two seconds and you yell fire in a crowded theater, that doesn't count. Okay? It does not count. Even though it's... Wait, wait. And you need to... I understand that. I understand that metaphor that you're using, but... You need to explain when you say flick a bick, there is flick a definite a bick, part of a, a our lighter, audience. A, a lighter, a match, yeah. a lighter. If you and why flick, do they call it? Why is it a called a bick? Just so that people, there's people that have no idea. That's, it's the about. French company that made lighters. I don't. That they're all made in China now. Nobody gives a shit about France lighters. They're all made in China for two cents a piece and sold for three dollars a piece. But my point is this. And they were the common lighter back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flick the Bic. That was the advertising campaign. But anyway, my point is this. If you're in a crowded theater and you think you can flick your lighter for two seconds and then it's okay to scream fire, you are sadly mistaken. But my point is this. My point is this. There's a lot of craziness going on right now. There's a lot of people flicking their own Bic flicking their own lighter and screaming fire in a crowded theater. It's not right. I'm, I'm using this as a metaphor for the market. And I, let me give you an example, okay? Let me give you an example of how crazy this market is, all right? A couple of things I noticed. First of all, first of all Bitcoin dropped, okay? And you've got... We you definitely can. want to talk about that as well. That oh, we do. We do want to talk about that. About about Elon and um, Peter Schiff's conversation yesterday. But dude, okay, listen, man. There's a bunch of people yelling. Remember, we're I'm using the crowded theater as a metaphor for the market, okay? There's a bunch of people screaming fire that Bitcoin has no value doesn't even have the value of a fiat currency, has no value whatsoever. And all these people with Robin Hood apps or whatever that are dying of FOMO because they didn't buy Bitcoin when it was $5 a coin, and now it's 50,000. They're all jumping in with this FOMO and they're going to get trampled. They're going to get trampled by the herd when everybody rushes for the exits. You follow what I'm saying, my friend? A little bit. Yeah, I sort of get what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a bit I'm, of a I'm stretch. Par- but- <laughs> I'm in partial agreement. I'm in partial agreement with what you're saying, but I follow yeah. the logic. But now there's another whole group of people in the theater that are screaming, no, there's no fire. There's, there's a no double reason. feature. There, there's a double feature, thri- triple feature. In fact, you could spend your life in this theater watching movies for free. All you have to do is buy the ticket, take the ride. And they're screaming, okay, Bitcoin 100,000, Bitcoin 1 million, Bitcoin 1 billion, whatever the 
you know, F they want to say about it. So they're screaming. And so now you have a crowded theater with two sections of the theater screaming out loud different things. And nobody's watching the movie. Is my point, nobody is watching the movie. Only you and I, only Matt and Al are watching the movie. So here's the thing. In my opinion, okay, in my opinion, there may be a point in the future where 10,000 Bitcoins will be worth exactly what it was a while back, which is two pizzas. There was a guy who had 10,000 Bitcoins and he <clears throat> bought two pizzas with them. Now he's famous, so that's something, but he's, everybody just points at him and laughs. You had 10,000 10, Bitcoins and you bought two pepperoni pizzas? He goes, yeah, but you don't understand, man. You don't I'm pretty understand. Sure, I'm pretty sure unless he's like fabulously wealthy right now that he's eating he is a not. shotgun. He's, he's not fabulously a, wealthy. That he's eating a shotgun. No, no, here's the thing. You see, he when they point at him and laugh, using the magic of 2020 hindsight, no pun intended, when they point, when people point at him and laugh, he says, but you don't understand. When I had Bitcoin, it was worth about a nickel a piece. So I did, I was hungry. I spent 10,000 Bitcoins for two pizzas, but you don't understand, man. That was what it was worth then. Now it's worth 50,000 a coin. So, okay, what about all the people that had money, had Bitcoins in Mount Gox and all these other trading houses that got ripped because someone hacked it and stole 100,000 Bitcoins? What about all those people? Um, so my point is this. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's like juggling cats on acid and somebody's about to set fire to the cats. Can I bring up one point that I think nobody's paying attention to when you bring up Please. that story about the guy paying 10,000 Bitcoin for, for a Two pizza? Pizzas. Two pizzas. Two pizzas. Sorry. Come sorry. on, man. Two. It, was, it was Little Caesars. Buy one, get one free. So anyway, <laughs> you're, you're neglecting to ask one question, which I think yeah. is the more actually the more fascinating question. Yeah. What pizza place got 10,000 Bitcoins? That's a good point. And what did they do with them? Oh, you know they had to keep it. Like, did they? If they didn't, they deserve more scorn than the guy who bought pizza with it. <laughs> well, here's but here's the thing, okay? And 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 Matt, you want to reflect on this? I I I, I certainly like your opinion, but based on my research, okay, Bitcoin isn't really a a a, a, a currency. It's a it's a it's a reserve. And so even though, yes, you can do a faster transaction with Bitcoin than you can with Western Union or your bank, the real point of the matter is why would anybody want to spend their Bitcoin if they think if they bought it at $10 a coin or 1000 or 50 or whatever the amount is, and they think it's going to double in a month, why would they buy anything with Bitcoin? It's not a currency. It's a pretend reserve backed by the most amazing freaking technology, blockchain. Now, blockchain will change the world, okay? That, I, I'm, I, I, the way I look at it is like this. I have, a, I have a cell phone right here that cost me $21.50. Now, this cell phone can do amazing shit. 
all right? The technology behind this cell phone is amazing. Did you say, did you say $20? $1.50, brand new out of, in the box. Did you buy it out of somebody's trunk? No, did. No, I did not. I, I bought it online and, uh, and I won't go into all the details, but it was a legitimate purpose. I did not buy it with Bitcoin. <laughs> I bought it with US dollars. But here's, here's my point. Here's my point. The technology behind this phone is amazing. Okay. But if I leave it unplugged for a few minutes and then a few minutes turns into a few hours and a few hours turns into a few days, it dies. And you know what? It's not even it's not even a good coffee coaster if it has no juice in it. It's worthless. Worthless. So my point is this. Just because blockchain technology is amazing, okay? And just because it might change the world, especially for the the Sudan or whatever if they want to use that kind of technology for transactions because they don't have a bank account, but they have one of these cell phones, okay, that does everything. And I, I'm not trying to get on a rant here, but I think people should exercise some caution when it comes to technology. I have been involved in the technology space since 19... 75 <clears throat> and I've seen what how I've seen what technology has done and I've seen how technology is advanced and it and, and it's all amazing but would I bet would I gamble my life savings or every penny that I could borrow from the bank or every asset that I owned, would I bet all of that on the technology that's in place right now? And the answer is no, okay? And just like, and again, I'm not gonna mention names because there's too many names to mention, but some very in, uh, intelligent people have said, hey, listen, man, Bitcoin may be 50,000 a coin now, or it may drop, it may go up and whatever. But unless you're prepared to lose that money, in other words, if, if, in other words, if, if, if you invest in Bitcoin, be prepared that it could drop like it has in the past, down to 10% of what it was. And if you're not prepared to lose that money, in other words, if you're going to Vegas and you're gambling the mortgage money and your kid's future and your wife's birthday present and food on the table tonight on whether that card is gonna turn up a 10 or whatever, you know, or you, the roll of the dice, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Now, if you got extra money to burn, and you want to gamble it on Bitcoin or stocks or anything else for that matter, then, uh, then uh, fine, go ahead, go do it. But don't, don't gamble the mortgage, don't gamble your wife's birthday present, and don't gamble your kid's education, or, or don't gamble if you don't have food to eat tonight. You follow what I'm saying, Matt? Yeah, no, I hear you. It's good advice, but how many people are going to follow it? Well, 
I mean, that's watch the history of humanity and you'll understand that question is never it never ends well. <laughs> everybody who has good advice always yes. everybody who has good advice always gets ignored. I mean, just watch the movie Idiocracy. I think that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about it. We're moving, we're moving towards idiocracy only. Here's the difference. Idiocracy with technology that is on steroids. In other words, imagine the movie Idiocracy only with AI running the show, okay? And social media in everybody's hand. I mean, every single human being on the earth has a smartphone with 520 gig, okay? And 6G. Imagine, imagine what this world is gonna be like when every single breathing, starting to sound like Rush Limbaugh, every single breathing human being on the planet has a smartphone with 6G, a 100 megabit connection wirelessly. And they've got it glued to their hand 24 seven. You may as well just super glue the phone to your hand, okay? Cause you're never gonna take it out of your hand. You're never gonna set it down. Because it's your whole life. Now, imagine what the world is going to be like. Let's say it's 20 years. I, I would estimate it might be 20 years. Imagine what the world is going to be like when that is in place. It'll be a little different than it is today. Now, when you add AI, the manipulation of corporations for, for profit, corrupt political government, the 1% of the 1% doing whatever they do without any, anything holding them back whatsoever, laissez-faire, okay? You take all those things and put them together and what do you have? Uh, today. <laughs> No, because I, I, other, there are many people you, in this world that do said, not have 512 gigabyte okay, phones and 6G. I, other than 6G, everything you just described exists right now. But not for every human being. I'm talking about every single, when a baby is born, they Pretty take close. the phone and they just slap it into its hand. Um, I've seen five-year-olds with phones. Exactly, yeah. What do you yeah, think so, is going to happen in the world when that that critical mass of AI and uh, data gathering, I mean, everything you do is gathered. Everything you do is gathered, not just by Zuckerberg, but by everybody, the, every corporation, every government, every institution, the NSA, the military, everything, is, everything you do from the time you are born is gathered and stored as data. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I call that today. How is that different? Like, what, tell me what, what, what's missing? What, what did you just mention it's, that doesn't what's exist? Missing is, what, what's missing is this, that it doesn't apply to every single human being on the planet. It only applies to Western civilization with some, you know, level of economic and modern whatever. I think it's when it reaches a critical mass, especially with the AI part, okay? Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. 
It's going to be the singularity. It's going to be the singularity. And for the for good or for bad, you know, it could go either way. Good for some, bad for others, like my ex used to say. What do you think, man? It's 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 happening. Well, I don't think anything's that you're never going to get a universality for anybody. There's I don't think there's anything you can say about somebody that every single person is going to have or do X. But if you want to talk about the environment in the background, well, everything you just described exists right now. Everything. It, it, the potential the of it is, exists, yeah. Well, and the whole thing is when you had mentioned about data sweeping, right? That's what you know of. But oh, sure. You know, it, was, it was like when the stealth bomber came out in the 80s. You know, everybody's like, oh, this is amazing. And it, like somebody came up to me and they're like, this is what they're letting you see. Can you imagine what they're not letting you see? Area like, 51. No, completely. But like this is I mean, they're they're going out and marching out for everybody. Russia at the time. China was pretty <clears> much. But um, and said, hey, look what we got here. You know, and the guys in the back are probably like, yeah, this is our like this is our third car. This is the car we give 16-year-olds to drive. Like, yeah. this, is, this is the one that, that really the insurance company is just not going to pay any money for if it crashes. You know? Okay. So all the stuff that we know about, that doesn't, even, like, that doesn't even tell us anything, right? I mean, we didn't know any of this until you know, it, it finally came out of the depth of you know, Edward Snowden in 2013 and the PRISM program and all the other things like that. Um, by the way, if he ever comes back to the U.S., he's going to go from prism to prison, and that will be the book name. So with that being said, um, until we know about that, we didn't know anything different. We didn't. But now we do, and it's like, what, you know, they're only letting out the stuff that really doesn't jeopardize the really good stuff. So the question is, like, I mean, I don't really know where you're going with your initial thought, but it's like everything you described actually is happening. Well, we're we're in the middle of it. We're in the we're the boiling. We're, we're the frog. We're the frog, and you know that that metaphor. You're 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 a frog. You take a frog, you put it in a pot of water, and you start heating it up slowly, slowly, and eventually the frog boils to death and never jumps out of the pot. So we're the boiling frog. The whole civilization of the world is a boiling frog. And and we're nobody jump nobody's gonna jump out of the pot. I mean, where are we gonna go to anyway? Mars? I don't know. We've got to deal what we've got to deal with. I'm not gonna go live in a cave in Tibet or Nepal. Okay. So let me just mention a couple of things I saw on Yahoo that are not only indicative of what I've been saying here, but also interesting. And I have a big question mark in my mind. Why is this happening? Two things. Here's one, for example. There's a company called Roblox. They make video games. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. They had an income, video games, right? And I've never used their game. I don't know about their games. I know their games are in a mobile format. That's all I know. They generated revenue last year of $923.9 million. However, however, they managed to lose $253 million. Now, they decided that they want to go public. <laughs> Why? Why would they? Why? It's crazy. They want to go public. Now, they can't do an IPO because no, nobody in their right mind 
would want to do an IPO if they lost 253 million on 923.9 in revenue. So what are they going to do? They're going to do what they call a direct listing. So they're going to go public and they're going to sell imaginary stuff similar to you got to explain to you got to explain to people what a direct listing is. Well, you know what? I'm not positive about that. But I know it's an alternative to doing an IPO or a SPAC. That's all I know at this point, And I don't want to get into the details of it. My point is this, though. How crazy is the market? How crazy is the world? When a company from China, okay, that does video games and mobile format can generate $923.9 million, which I wish I could, but I can't at this point but still lose $253 million and still go public selling its fakey stock, okay, without doing an IPO. Right now, they're talking about all these companies that are doing the SPACs, okay, SPACs. That's going to implode soon. It's just too much money chasing money, man. Okay. No comment. You're you were literally dumbstruck. So no, me, I just think I would be curious on why you thought that. I think I, there's, there's been a ridiculous amount of SPACs this past year. Yeah, um, which are special purpose acquisition companies, basically a hedge fund, like a hedge fund and an incubator combined together. Yeah, but I'm just talking about money, man. Take forget about billions. Pretty it used to be millions. Now it's billions. Soon it'll be trillions. It's just changing the letter, okay? Millions to billions to trillions, that's all. And we've, we're seeing so much now in terms of billions and billions and billions. And <laughs> it's like uh, the famous scientists who wrote about evolution, billions and billions and billions. You know what? It's all billions and billions and billions and billions chasing billions and billions. Hello, remember 2008? Hello, remember derivatives? Hello, remember the market? Remember Lehman Brothers? Hello. I think we're in for a rude awakening. A rude awakening. Okay, not a gentle, hey, how? wake up, honey. I'm talking about 5,000 volts to the neck. All right, awakening. And it's not going to be pleasant. You're you're in the Michael Burry category then. <laughs> yeah. They call him Doctor Doom, or remember Doctor Doom had a comment today he is a doctor, about Bitcoin. And oh, you know what? And I take it back. It wasn't a PhD in mathematics. The guy had a medical degree. Whatever. He's a he's a physician. I don't know. Mechanical if doctor, it. mechanical doctor, whatever. No, 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 no. But he's a medical doctor. Yeah, mecha- I call him mechanical doctors. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's very mechanical for sure. <laughs> okay. Here, speaking of chasing money. Okay, and we got to wrap this up at 11 today. So we're, we've only got 15 more minutes. But speaking of chasing money, Adam Newman is going to be getting soon over $500 million from some transaction that's happening with SoftBank and WeWork. You got, I just got to, I got to believe that at some point with all the invest, with with a group of investors in in WeWork and a group of investors in SoftBank, 
Adam Newman walked in and somebody said, Newman, Newman. <laughs> Newman. Hello. <laughs> Newman. Newman. Anyway, how does that guy, how does that guy walk away with so much money? I, you got to tell me the background on this because I don't know the background. Well, you know, we work with ignorance. We work with going to change the workplace, change so leasing, he, change real he, estate. Was he the head of WeWork? Is that who this yeah. guy is? Yeah, he was the head of WeWork. And he was worth, he was supposed to be worth billions and billions. But then the IPO imploded as soon as they audited the books. The IPO imploded. The timing was wrong. But guess what? Now it's changed again. Now people are seeing blue skies again. People are seeing, oh, SoftBank is making more money than they ever made. They were going into the dumpster and now they're sitting in the fucking throne. Okay. And they have so much money that they're probably willing to give 500 million to Adam Newman just to have him walk away with his attorneys and say goodbye. It's crazy. Anyway, we've got about 15 minutes to wrap up this show. And we do. We and I have off. a story that I definitely want to share with um, the crowd yesterday. It kind of parallels the, see, let me find the right one that I'm looking for here. Uh, parallels kind of what we were talking about as far as some of my investing, as well as <laughs> some really shady stuff that's happening. Mm. All right, let me get this. Uh, yeah. So there is a company called, let me just get this down right. Where is, okay, all right, just looking at things yesterday. So there was a company uh, called Ebix, E-B-I-X. And it was on my watch list. It was a company I was looking at buying and they are, they're a software company and they do basically cybersecurity for the internet of things. Mm. Okay, so just think of, like, for example, we have a, a smart thermometer in our house. So if you have a smart refrigerator, you have an Amazon Echo, you have all these things that kind of interconnect in your house. Mm. Um, well, if somebody hacks into one of those or hacks into your Wi-Fi, they can get into pretty much everything, right? Oh, sure. Access your ring doorbell. And so what happened, and I was trying to find the right article for this. Let me just. Um, what happened is their stock dropped 40% in one day. Mm. So, which is, you know, for the, for the group out there, in case you're curious about that, is not a good thing. <laughs> like, it's good for some, it's bad for others, bro. Yeah, like you just generally don't want to be, you don't want to be sitting here as the, the company whose stock just went down. Um, that's so called a buying, I thought that's called a buying opportunity. Okay, so that's, that was the subject of my video yesterday on my podcast, right? So the question is, should, you know, and the title of my, my, the podcast episode yesterday was, should I buy this stock that went down 40% today? <laughs> and so what happened is they were, you know, as any publicly traded company, your finance, your basically director of finance or VP of finance, every quarter has to turn the books over to an external auditor. And the external auditor certifies the audit and basically makes everybody on Wall Street say, okay, well, you know, everything's fine, whatever. So they got into their fourth quarter numbers and there was a $30 million 
uh, uh, there was a $30 million transaction on their books and, quote, flagged unusual transactions concerning eBix's gift card business in India because they have they do bit, gift card they have a gift card um, division in India. Scam. Well, no, I mean I don't know. I don't know if they scam. Yeah, but anybody doing gift cards in India is a scam. Probably. Well, anyway, the whole point was thirty million dollar transaction, and it got sent to this trust fund for this trust account on their books. And so the auditor said, "Well, wait a minute." What's this, you know, what's this $30 million for? And they said, oh, we're just moving it to a trust fund. And they said, well, what's the, what's the purpose? Because you have to have a, a, a reasonable business purpose for it. And they said, oh, well, we're just setting it aside for future um, legal expenses due to an acquisition that's pending. Okay, $30 million pay lawyers for an acquisition? Like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way. And he goes, well, you know, can you talk about, like, how you came up with that number? Where the money's going to go? And they didn't, and they kept. And he said, "Well, you know, we're not. You know, this isn't going to work." And so they basically, the long the the auditor went up the chain to his company, said, "Look, I can't certify this." The head of that company went over to the head of Ebix and basically said, "Look, we're not going to be able to certify this because we can, You know, this thirty million dollars. You know, that doesn't make sense for legal expenses." He goes, and they said, "Okay, we'll move it back," <laughs> which might be worse, right? It might yeah. be worse. So they moved it back. And finally, they, what happened is they just said, because they kept asking, and they had a bunch of other questions on different transactions or whatever, and they were saying, well, what's the business purpose of this? And they never got an answer. So finally, they resigned. And they had a PR war, a, a press release war yesterday, or the last couple of days. And they said, we can't, we, can't just, we can't sign off on the fourth quarter. And the company said, oh, it's a disagreement. And then they came back and said, no. There's actually, we've talked a lot about this and they can't come up with an answer, so we're leaving. And then they came back and basically said, okay, we are going to, quote, the company intends to move as quickly as possible to replace RSM, that's the auditor company, and to complete its 2020 financial audit, which means we're going to find somebody with less, that's willing to do it for us, right? You won't do it for us. Well, on that, of course, if you really think that's going to make the market feel better, we're going to find somebody with less ethics than you are. Um, to complete its audit. And so then somebody asked them, they said, well, can you give us a little bit more light on what, you know, what's going on and, you know, what's going on with these transactions? How did you justify the 30 million? And they said, we will communicate to our existing external shareholders when appropriate, which is the corporate speak of saying, it's a need to know basis, brah. You don't need to know. (laughs) Listen, Matt. Listen, my friend. So and, anyway, and, and, last thing on that before you jump in. Yeah. It went down 40% yesterday. It went down another. Let me look at my chart today. ABEX went down. It was leading. It went down another 21% today. So in right. two days, it went from $51 a share to $23 a share. So right. the answer to the question, should you buy a stock to drop 40%? Not when you hear that back and forth going back and forth. So but, just understand, there's a lot of shading that's going on Wall Street. Yes. And, uh, you know, just because you hear it in the news doesn't mean it's, it's the biggest deal. Because that one was the craziest, most shady thing. And it should have led the business um, shows on every network. Okay, Matt. Everything you need to know about that company, you can learn by watching the movie, The Smartest Guys in the Room. And why do I know that one? What's that one? 
that is a movie about the financial debacle known as that energy company. What was it called? Enron. That nobody cares about anymore that Enron. imploded. I thought you'd know. I, and I can't think of the name of the company now. Enron. It was en Enron. Endrun. 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 And yeah. that was the one that had the Star Wars names for all its little shell companies. <laughs> so now let me just say this. And in conclusion, you know, because like I said, we're going to wrap. We, we got it. We've been talking for about an hour now. And I do have a I have to listen. I don't have to. But I'm interested. I've got a sales Zoom pitch that's going to be given to me at 11.15 by some guy who thinks he's going to talk me into making a million dollars by doing podcasts. So I'm looking forward to that. But let if me just tell Joe you. Joe Rogan, then you better make that meeting. <laughs> no, it's not Joe Rogan. It's a guy who, it's, it, it's a company called um, Interview Valet. And, and I signed up on their website saying I'm looking for guests for, you know, our podcast. And all of a sudden now, I've been talked into listening to this guy give me some kind of sales pitch for some training program that supposedly is going to make you and me millions. So anyway, let me just say this in conclusion. Here's how I feel about the market today. I feel the same way about the market as the company H-U-A-W-E-I. Huawei, the China. Huawei. 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 Anyway, their sales, because they were they were they were branded by the United States government as a security risk. Okay, their sales have dropped by sixty percent, eighty percent. They were the really? largest. Just let me finish. They were the largest manufacturer of smartphones in the world, and now dominate Europe. They are circling the drain, okay, because the United States government made a decision that they were a security risk. Now, here's their answer to their, here's their comeback. They just came out with a phone, that, a mobile phone that you can fold in half. And they're selling it for $2,800 retail. Now, remember, they mostly sell in China. It has a bastardization, bastard version of Android on it that they developed. Stole, okay. stole, stole. Stole, okay, that's one way to put it. <laughs> they stole it. And it's only for China and it only works in China. Now, my question is, and it uses their own chip. It can't use another chip because they're a security risk. They can't, American companies can't sell them chips. So they've come out with a phone that only sells in China that uses a ripped off version of Android and they're folds in half. And they're selling it for $2,800 US. That is the metaphor for the market right now for me. Now, who's gonna buy that freaking phone when I can get a phone like this that does everything I need and more for $21.50. Can you answer me that? Riddle me that. Um, I, will, I will answer with a quote from one of my favorite people in the world, P.T. Barnum, the guy that said there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> my favorite yes. quote from him was not that one. He said, quote, you can, you can never go broke 
underestimating the, Amer- the intelligence of the American people. And by the way, since he was in the 20s, I really think he said, ah, you can never go broke underestimating the intelligence <laughs> of the American people. Yeah. Yeah. And why do people Gob- in the 40s Gob- all talk like that? Yeah. Why? Gob- yeah. Gobstoppers. Gob- <laughs> so let me just say in conclusion to my con- my conclusion, in conclusion of my conclusion for this podcast, I would like to say this. Another thing that P.T. Barnum said that nobody ever wrote down. He said, if the circus tent is on fire, get the fuck out of the tent and forget about the screaming animals. Get the hell out of here. And that is what I feel is the market today. It's a circus tent that is on fire. Going back to my original metaphor about yelling fire in a crowded theater. You notice how I tied those two together? I'm glad you did, because I was going to say, if it's it's legal or illegal to scream fire in a crowded theater, does that certainly apply to circus tents? (laughs) We're going to find out. We're going to find out. So stay tuned, yes, I folks. Yes, I think there's a lot podcast, of really. We'll let you know. I think yeah, I think there's a lot of stupid people out there, and <laughs> you know, I think yeah. Let me sell you this broken down phone that has all this software that we stole off of Google, but we miscoded well, it's it. It's not broken down. It uses a but, fast chip. It it works, but it's it only in China. Half. It only works in China. But who? What Chinese guy is going to pay twenty eight hundred dollars for a phone that folds in half? Um, they are, they are a tightly held communist government. The guy who wants a a promotion. Hey, sir, Mr. Xi Jinping, I bought 7,000 of these phones. (laughs) You, sir, get a promotion. You are a faithful member of the party. That's the guy. I'm sure they're going to send, they're going to sell millions of them to the Chinese government. Every Chinese soldier will have a foldable phone. That's probably it. But you know what it is? It's kind of like the guy who releases a book and wants to be a best-selling author. So they arrange it so like some, one of his friends buys 50,000 copies of the book so he can be a best-selling author for a week. Yeah. And he reimburses his friend the money. Like that's really, really, really that's pretty much probably okay. what happens. Is- so Matt, in conclusion to my con- conclusion of my conclusion, okay, let me just say this. Yahoo Finance is so weird that on one part of it says Elon Musk made a billion dollars by invested in Bitcoin. And then you go down another page and it says Elon Musk lost $110 billion because he tweeted something about Bitcoin. And then you go down another page and it says Elon Musk is whatever. You, they contradict themselves on the same page. Yeah, because it's not, they don't have an editor. They just have like 10,000 <laughs> monkeys with organ grinders and stuff out there. So yeah, folks, um, listen, let me just say this before before we sign off. If you got some extra money laying around and you want to go to Vegas and watch strippers and drink and, 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 and gamble, uh, go ahead and do it. I mean, of course, you could end up with a serious l- disease and in, in being an incubator. Incubator? In whatever. Uh, Ventilator. Ventilator. (laughs) No, you're an incubator if you're a little baby. (laughs) That's right. But anyway, yeah, you could die. Go ahead and do it. 
But my point is this, if you've got that extra money and you want to use Robinhood and you're living in your parents' basement and you just made $80 million on Bitcoin or Ethereum, I know somebody right now that stays up nights because he bought Ethereum at a nickel and now it's $3. He's got a million dollars sitting there, but he doesn't know when to sell. So he's buying $1,000 apps to put stop losses in cases in cases his his shit coin drops overnight. So he has a robot that will sell it before it drops. Not like everybody else isn't doing the same thing. It's crazy folks, but listen, if you got the money, go for it. All I ask is that you come back and visit us and listen to our future podcast because you might learn something and, and, and I know you will. And I will say this for the traditional investing, uh, what do they make? Is it five, 10% of your portfolio? What does a sports agent make? Like, Something like that. For five percent of his portfolio, I will be more than happy to handle his stop losses. <laughs> what does that turn out to be? That's a lot of money. I'll, I'll be happy to handle that for him. Sure, but you got to stay up nights to make sure he doesn't lose everything. Well, if I told my wife how much we were making, she'd probably make me stay up. <laughs> Listen, um, this has been fun. This has kind of been one of our rogue podcasts where we just kind of—it's not a webinar. It's just kind of riffing about what's happening in the market today and and i hope that people enjoy listening to it out there our audience of uh, entrepreneurs and so forth but yeah i just want to say uh, uh, uh people uh, if you're listening to this podcast or even if you're not listening to this podcast even if you just hear about us send us an email let us know you're breathing contact us we might even have you on the show in the future if you're an entrepreneur and you've got something interesting to say please reach out to us um, I'm under the, under the, uh, assumption that there are people listening to this podcast. I'm waiting for Matt to send me the stats. So I don't know for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm done with my test. So I can actually do that this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Murder too. It was very difficult. Oh, I'm sure it strained your brain. Like you said, it had nothing to do with law. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Zero. So what do you say, bro? Um, I will say that it's been a very weird week. I would say my final piece of advice to anybody else is if you believe, if you turn on the TV and believe the first three things people tell you, you're going to lose money really, really quickly. So do your homework. <laughs> if, when, <laughs> do your homework. When people are making money, just understand as a business guy, you have an MBA, I have an MBA, understand double entry accounting always is in fact, it always works. So when somebody makes money, somebody's losing money. And when somebody's when a company's losing money, somebody will gain money. So you just have to decide what you're on. Today, the market's down for me, and I'm literally going to spend the day shopping. Today's my shopping day for stocks. Sweet. So, yeah, today's my buy day. And then when the market goes up, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll sell some of them. We'll see. But, huh. um, but yeah, so just, you know, okay. listen to what everybody says and just realize there's money to be made when you do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, that's true. You you want to invest when there's blood in the streets, and there will be blood in the streets soon. Soon. Yeah. Warren, Warren so. Buffett said the only companies he buys are when they're uh, when they're getting operated on in the emergency room. Yeah, and he bought C's candy. He still owns C's candy. But well, anyway, and he. Um, yep. So anyway, with that yeah. being said, I think we'll uh, we'll sign off for today. My yeah. name is Matt. And Matt, I just want to say that if somebody hands you people out there if somebody hands you the shitty end of the stick 
don't grab it. Don't grab it. And so I <laughs> do not grab it. So yeah, I'm Al and I wish you all the best, folks. Yep, we'll do. Yep, see you guys next week. Adios. Thank you for joining us today on the Halcyon Horn podcast. You've just taken the crucial step to finally take control of where your life is going by joining us on the road to entrepreneurship. The path to your new amazing destiny has only just begun. You're already ahead of 99% of the people around you because you're finally taking control of your life and making the choice to claim your new destiny. We'd love to help you in any way we can along your journey. So take a minute to reach out to us. You'll find our contact information in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as the newest episode drops. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Don't wait. Do it now. Can't wait to meet up for our next episode, and we'll see you soon.